Hi, my name is Lindsay Ellis, and I am a speaker, author, and coach. I'm so excited to share on Conversations with Pearl. Hey, everybody, it's Pearl again from Women's Successful Living, and you're listening to Conversations with Pearl. And oh my gosh, we've had so much fun just the pre-show getting ready to introduce our next guest to you. She's a, uh, if you guys follow me, you guys know I'm a big Bills fan. So she's a Bills fan. So look out, you guys. So I want to introduce you guys to Lindsay Ellis. She is a coach, advisor, speaker, and author. She is passionate about helping people be the best versions of themselves in a way that is sustainable so that you can truly enjoy life at its best and recover quickly when it's not going well. She is a wife, mother, and dog lover who enjoys being in nature. And of course, as I said, she's a football fan. And you know what I love about your bio, what the introduction, Lindsay, and so powerful is that you said who you were before all those amazing titles of being a wife, mom, and and everything else about yourself, right? And for me, I that's my story. My struggle, I was a big people pleaser addict. I would tell everybody, oh, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I all these titles, I volunteer. And then I realized who the heck was Pearl? So I'm so excited that that's exactly how you led and you share your bio. Keep that up. I just think it's amazing. And I just want to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. We've been having some fun conversations already. So (laughs) tell, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Give us a background, like where are you from? And then maybe a little bit about what led you to do what you're doing today. Okay. Yeah, sure. I, well, I'm coming to you today from Atlanta and we live a little bit north of Atlanta in the city of Woodstock. Um, I've lived all over the East Coast, but uh, really and truly what what brought me here and what I'm doing every single day and what I love is just helping people become the best version of themselves. And the reason I do that is because I've been through the struggles. I've been through the ups and downs. I've struggled with worth, self-worth, you know, from the time that I was a a small child all the way up until, you know, a few years ago until yesterday, you know, and, and every day is, every day is a gift, but, um, I am a big advocate on facing adversity with authenticity. And in order to do that, I know that there's certain things that have to be in place for one, it's knowing who you are, knowing yourself, being able to value yourself and your own opinions, you know, and, and also knowing what is really important to you and through, through just, you know, certain foundations. And then that's what I really help people and guide people on. Um, it, it helps when the things are going rough, you don't fall flat on your face. You can recover a whole lot quicker. My gosh, I love that. When things are going rough, you don't fall fat up flat in your face. I love, I just think that's so powerful. It's something that could take many of us a long time to learn. And, you know, and often so like, just like you as coaches, we have a story, right? Something, something has happened that was powerful enough to say, oh my gosh, I got to do something about this. And then also to recognize we're not alone. You know, you're, we're not the only one that's going through this. I just spoke with somebody the other day. I'm going to um, be speaking on a platform she has and it's the overcoming thirties. And I was asking, I go, you know, I'm not in my thirties. I'm like <laughs> going to be 60 years old next year. She's like, well, you don't look. And I'm like, well, thank you very much. But that's I awesome. said, I said, why? She says, because do you remember your thirties? Like, think about your thirties. What if somebody had told you some of the things, you know, now I'm like, Oh, I never thought about that. You know, it's so true. And we all have stories and um, it's our job. I feel like, you know, like we come into this world and for me, it's God. So whoever, what, if you're listening to us, whatever your faith is, there's a higher being, whatever that is for you, 
we, we've been already been in our DNA, what's going to happen for us. Right. And so we have, it's our job to hone into that, learn from it, and then don't keep it to ourselves. How can you change and pay it forward by changing the life of somebody else? And I love, I love that you're doing that. You talked about self-worth and knowing who you are, <clears throat> excuse me. And to know who you are, that takes a lot of work. I mean, I did a six-week identity and destiny course um, back in 2015. At the end of six weeks, Lindsay, we had to give our I am statement. I was saying I was a mom, I was a wife, all those titles like we were talking at the beginning of the show. And I met somebody at the, sh- at the class and she's like, so who the heck are you, Pearl? Because I still hear all this. And by the way, don't you have two boys? Because I was just talking about my older son so much. And it was like this like smack in the face what the heck was I doing for the last six weeks? And what am I going to do about it? Right. So I decided, you know, we're with ourselves 24 seven. I need to figure out who the heck I am. And I decided to go on this journey and that my oldest son was going off to college and I dropped him off to school. And I was like, I got to go, you know, I gave him this imaginary gift. If you can picture, if you're listening, I've got like a imaginary box in my hand that I've handed him and said, God, and I've wrapped this up for you. However you unwrap it, it's up to you. And, you know, unfortunately didn't always unwrap it the way a mom would want to be, but he was an amazing young man. And so then I went and I reconnected with my son, Nate, and you know, try to work on that relationship. And then I decided it's time to work on me. And, you know, Lindsay, what I found was I'm not the only person that struggles with this. You know, we're talking about women, but we know that men struggle about this as well. And so as I started realizing my challenge was I was a big people pleaser addict. You could ask me to do anything, I would do it. I probably would even come help you clean up after your dog in the yard if you asked me, because I didn't want to tell you no. I was so afraid to say no, right? And so I had to take something like a little rock and like put it in my pocket and my raw and move it three times a day to say no to something before I said yes. So then if I said yes, I really meant I want it to be there for you. And so I want to talk about that a little bit because knowing who you are, that's that is so important. And so was there a pivotal time in your life that you were like, I got to figure this out because I'm I, I'm not sure who I am? Yeah, yeah, there was. And and actually, they, I love your story. Um, and it's so relatable. And I think so many of us go through that. And and for me, it was, it's not just one time that I went through it. You know, I, I've been through it. It's like seasonal, right? And 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 so I know when I when I was growing up and in, in college and trying to figure it out, I was always like the wild child, undiagnosed ADD kid. You know, they didn't have really medicine back then when I was, you know, it wasn't a big thing. Um, and so I struggled a whole lot. And um I struggled a lot with worth too, because people gave up on me uh because they didn't think I was going to be anything. And so I I started to, it was like that day that and I, I write this in my book chapter, but um, there was a, you know, I, I asked my, told my dad, I was, came home. I was so excited. I said, you know what? I, I really want to get into your industry. Like I want to be in pharmaceutical sales. That's what I want to do. And he looked at me, laughed and said, I will never put my name behind you. Not until you make something of yourself. And it was that moment that it was like, I was so excited that I finally gained the courage to really figure out what I wanted to do. And then I, I'd already burned so many bridges by that point that they didn't trust me and they didn't want to put their name behind me. And I don't, I don't blame him, but it was a wake up call for me. And, uh, and so I ended up going to sell forklifts and I was like, I'm going to go sell something. Cause I was in the fashion industry. I was a costume designer. I was always very artsy. And my, my parents just didn't understand that they were a very business. And, um, 
And so when my dad was diagnosed with cancer, right after I moved to sell forklifts, he was diagnosed with brain cancer. And uh, a year later, he he passed away. And um, three months after that, I got my first pharmaceutical job. And I say that uh, because it was such a, I've, the last year of my dad's life, he really spoke life into me. You know, he was really trying to help me. We talked, our relationship was repaired, but it was also that it was the relationship I yearned my entire life. I finally got it and then he was gone. But the beauty of that is, is that I took what he taught me and I, and I, and I gained strength from it and I moved on and I was in pharma and I started thinking about my job in pharma as I got really busy. Um, I know right after my dad died two years later, my mom was not doing so well. Um, and five years later, she was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. And so here are my two very successful parents, very driven parents, um, who worked their whole lives so hard to, to grow in the corporate ladder, to be the best that they could be. And neither one of them got to enjoy the retirement. Neither one of them got to enjoy all the money that they were saving. They never took vacations. They never did, you know. And so I realized, you know, one that thing is, you know, my parents' life was cut so short. And I learned from them that I want to be the best that I can be, but I also want to enjoy life. And so I went on this personal mission on how can I do that? How can I do both? How can I achieve both? Um, and then when I had my own son, it was just kind of the same thing where I was enjoying life. I was successful, but I wasn't truly happy. I wasn't confident. I wasn't, I, I, I had this kid and I realized that he, I was his example and I wasn't a good example. You know, I, I wasn't, I didn't know what that looked like. And so I had to do my own vision work and figure out what that was. And five, five months later, there I was, you know, I was 89 pounds lighter. I was running half marathons. I was doing all the things. Um, and then four years later it hit me again, you know, when my mom was fully diagnosed, like fully, fully diagnosed with Alzheimer's and I made a, a decision to quit my job and, um, figure out what my purpose is. Cause I was like getting really closer and closer and closer. And then it hit me again that I had an identity crisis because my job was who I was. And I really was becoming the person that I never wanted to become because I was so wrapped up in the success that I was having and who I was and what I was doing to perform that when I left my job, I thought it was going to be easy. It was my decision. It was my decision to move forward into purpose. Um, but it was a whole lot easy, like easier to say than it was to do. And uh, so there, again, I had another issue. And so all these things are issues that, we tie up in our own worth. And I became bound and determined over the last seven years to figure out who Lindsay is, what that looks like, and how can you do it and be successful and be the person that you want to be and confident and live free from resentment and regret. That's so powerful. For, so if you're listening, take take all that in that Lindsay just said, because so oftentimes, like you take your mom and dad, so oftentimes we get in, stuck in that that mode of, I want to do good, be good at my job. It's all about the career and everything. And then, cause we think, you know, that's going to bring all the things we want to bring to the, our family and the, the money, the, the stability, all of that stuff. But in the end game, as we get near the end of life, it's like, did it really like looking back, did it really? And, and I think like for your generation and for my generation, we, we watched our parents and our grandparents. I think about my gra my granny, right? Granny was always, you know, she was always in the kitchen. You know, grandpa, I, I don't remember my grandfather he passed when I was two years old, but 
he was in the service. So she, he, she was running the house. And then here comes my mom. She saw that she got married at almost eight, just under 18 years old. And she did the same thing. And, you know, and for me, when I met my husband, that like, that's all I knew you get married and, you know, and when I met Chuck, it was like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And, you know, it's like, you know, and that whole thing. And I, you know, I went like you, I, I had this great career in mortgages and I did very well. I was top five in the company and all of that. And at the end of the day, when my kids came along, it was just like you kind of said, it was like, what do I really want? But I didn't want to live behind that title, although I was doing it, of being a, you know, working mom. In fact, the the neighborhood we lived in, Virginia, the um the the second to the last neighborhood before I moved here, I everybody on the street were stay-at-home moms but me. And it was, I didn't like it because they treated me very differently, which I I, I was like, what's so wrong with me? You know? And so as I, like I said earlier at the beginning of the show, coming here to Florida and starting, you know, it came because I was going to be the quote unquote stay at home mom. And I hated it. I did not like it. I didn't like the PTA drama. I didn't like all of that stuff. So finding my, finding what I wanted to do, you know, I, I had a weight loss issue. Like, so I found this great program and I lost weight and I became this coach, which led me to what I do today, because I would coach people would come into my office and I would have the other person who ran, it was her clinic, her clients would get on my calendar and they would stay on my calendar because they would come in and I would ask them questions about, you know, how was your week? And I would ask about the mindset, right? Like if they deviated from the program, why did they do it? Where she would be like, you know, you shouldn't do it. And you felt like you're coming in and getting in trouble with your parents, right? And so that blessing led to somebody saying, Hey, will you talk to my friend Pearl? She doesn't need to lose weight, but you're so such a great listener. You're such a great cheerleader, you know. And I'm like, sure. And all of that led to what I do today because I was like having all these tea dates with people, and I was like, going, I'm making no money, but I'm helping these people out. So it led to me becoming a naturopathic wellness coach and a life coach. And like you said, it's like when we find our passion, when we realize, like, well, you you stop working to help take care of your mom, and then you realize. You're not, you and I are not the only ones. There's women behind us, women ahead of us that have walked the same path and said, what am I doing? And what, if I was to leave this, this is a question I ask my, my clients all the time. I, and they, they're like, what, why are you asking me that? You know, if you sat right now and if you're listening to us right now, think about this question. This is a really powerful question. If you were not here tomorrow, um, if you guys know my story, I lost my son at 25 years old last year, July. We talked to him 20 minutes before he passed. And let me just tell you that this next question, I used to ask this question before Matthew passed. Now I feel like it's even more powerful since he's passed. And that is, if you didn't have tomorrow and all your family could say at your eulogy is what they saw you do for self, not what they saw you volunteer for, not what they saw you do for your kids, not what they saw you do for your house and your spouse. What all they could do is stand up and say, what did they see Lindsay do? What would they say? And for me, before I went on this journey to figure out who I was, I didn't have the answer. I had no clue. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know who I was. And so if you're listening to us, ask yourself that question. And if you're not sure, reach out to somebody, reach out to a Lindsay or to me and, 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 you know, talk to somebody. And that's what we do. I have a membership, Lindsay, every, it's called the Shiro League and Shiro stands for strong, happy, empowered, radiant, original self. 
And we meet every Sunday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. on Zoom, not not recorded because it's open, safe space. But I look at it as a great way to end your week and to start your week as about thinking about self. You know, what what have I done for myself this week? And we, we it's a great group of women. But I mean, think about that, Lindsay. I, I would imagine until a few years ago, you probably would struggle with that answer as well. It's uh, what an incredible story. And, and that question, it, I mean, just like it brought so much emotion up in me, uh, because I do agree that it is so incredibly important. And you're right. I, I think it was about 2016. Uh, you know, my mom was fully diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Um, my, I was going through a messy divorce and, uh, I was, I, I really was hitting rock bottom all, and I, I, I thought that I had already done the work because I'd lost all that weight I had done. I, I thought that I knew who I was and my identity, but I lost my why, I lost myself along the way because I was no longer dealing with the same issues that I was dealing with before. And so I, I was creating, I had new issues that I wasn't really acknowledging and I was just kind of blind eyeing everything. And, uh, until I fell flat on my face. And that's when I discovered, hey, you know, like I picked up this binder and out fell a piece of paper of core values that I had written down with my job a few years earlier, which made me so angry because I was I was mad at the fact that why would I go through a workshop? Why would I have to do certain things if I never knew what to do with it? And so I've become this huge advocate in corporations and with my, uh, with, with the people that I help every day and making sure that if you're going to invest the time to do something, to learn something, to make sure you know how to implement it, to make sure you know how to get it moving and to utilize what you're using and put it into practice every day, because it is a, it's a huge, it's one thing to know your core values. It's a completely different thing when you know how to apply them to your life and live them every day and figure out who you are, which is what I tie to. Who are you? What do you like to do? What do people say about you when you're not around? Or if if they were speaking at your eulogy, um, how do you make them feel? How do you feel about yourself? All of these things are tied to who we are and what our core values are tied to. And so that's when I, I put myself on a challenge that year. And I ended up, um, I ended up exceeding my expectations by I just wanted to know a little bit more and who I was and be the person because it was that moment that um, I was at dinner and my son and I were just eating dinner together and then he ran back and started playing with his toys. My one of my core values was family and he started playing with his toys and so I saw he was content and I picked up my phone and I just started going through the list of things. Started that you know email, text into social media. And every once in a while he would be like, "Mom, look at this," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's great," and then go back down. And then he slowly, he stopped asking me. He stopped asking me to look. He started to be more independent, which is great to have an independent child, but it's not so great when you're calling that your family time and your core values family, and you're too busy on your phone. Being in the same room with your family is not, you know, the, I mean, in my definition, it was not spending time together. It was not connection. So I needed to fix that. And that was that aha moment. So, you know, a year later, fast forward, I ended up going on two vacations with my son, developing an incredible relationship with my ex-husband, a good co-parenting relationship. I ended up meeting my now husband. Uh, I saved over six figures. I excelled so much at my career, um, and I did it all with a six-pack. And I and I knew my I knew hobbies. I had friends outside of work. All these things. And I looked back and I was like, wow, 
you know, this is powerful. This is something that people need to know about. This is something that people need to know it's possible that you can truly have it all. Um, you just need to look a little bit deeper into who you are and, and figure out what it is that you want people to, to say about you and, and who you want to show up as this world is what your legacy is. Um, and that is, that's kind of how I, I ended this, like went on this journey. But when you mentioned the, the eulogy, it brought so many tears to my eyes because, um, I thought life was great. Life was great. And then came adversity and adversity hit like never before. And this was right after COVID. So when COVID hit, I was also a health coach. I went into health coaching because I had done, I was so successful at my own weight loss. And um, I ended up becoming a health coach. And then all my in personal trainer and my clients like you, they were like, you're my life coach. I'm like, what is that? I ended up going to get my master's of positive psychology during COVID. And, um, and then, and, and here I am, but, uh, but then adversity really struck us. And my ex-husband, um, I ended up, uh, I was on the phone with him when he took his last breath and he was, um, he was, he was killed. And, um, and I had to parent grief and grieve at the same time. And right after that, there was a, a child that was at my house with my, my son who ran across the street without looking and was hit by a car. And thankfully he was okay. He walked away with a couple broken bones, but I mean, talk about scary. And, um, and then my sister was diagnosed with a brain tumor and had to undergo massive brain surgery. Uh, I was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, I was scammed over $55,000. And it was just like one thing every couple of weeks would happen. I could barely recover from one before another thing happened. And it's not like I knew something else was going to happen. It's like I, I had no idea. I was, I was focused on recovering and getting through and then something else would hit me. And that's after that coming out on the other side of that is why I am so incredibly dedicated to making sure I get this word out and letting people know that it is so important to know who you are. It's so important to value yourself and know what you value, live them, let it live in your life and brighten you because when you are in that space, you know exactly what to lean in on when adversity strikes. And instead of falling flat on your face and not being able to recover, you will be able to get back up. And you will be able to get through it in a way that makes you authentic and true to yourself and heal in a way that is healthy. And that's, that's part of my, my story. Wow. I, I, and you're exact true example of everybody has a story when we don't know. And, you know, we, we walk out the door every day and we look at somebody else we think, oh, they got it together, but you just don't know. And, and, uh, and I, you know, I, you know, my heart goes out to you and your son and to be on that, you know, I, that call, it's like, just, it's so parallel to, you know, literally we hung up the phone at Matthew in 20 minutes. I just knew something was wrong, you know, and, um, and to, you know, to have to parent that grief that's, and I, I get that. Cause like we had to go and we have another son and we don't, we never just show up as apartments and, you know, I was talking about has to go, we got to go to his apartment. And cause I don't want him, he's no, no, normally not on social media, but I'm like, I don't want him to hear about it. Plus by that afternoon, I was glad we did. They'd already named his name in the paper with we, and the story is Lindsay, nobody ever came to my door to tell me my son passed away. I found out on the news in the morning that he passed away, which is a whole nother story. So to go and, you know, find at, like by three o'clock that afternoon, as I'm going in to tell my son at his apartment, my girlfriend's text me going, Pearl, they've named Matthew's name in the paper. And I'm like going, 
how can they do that? You know, everything, my address, my, he had my car, everything was tied to us. Right. So nothing. So it's, it's a whole other story. I, I, it's my son was mixed race. There's, I, you know, I think there's some undertones in there, but you can't prove it. But the, the, what you were saying too, is like that having a parent, the grief with a child and then do your own journey at the same time. It's, it's a lot. And yeah. then, then add that, that layer, like what you're talking about, like with you and, and your sister, you know, and then watching this child, you know, go across the street, it's, you know, we can be, we can be tested. We can certainly be tested with our adversity and, and to become resilient is like so heavy, hard work to do because I'm sure like you, there's many times I would be like, and then my friends would be okay with it. Let me just go hide in my bed and, you know, and have a good cry and leave me yeah. there for a month. Right. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I, one of the things for me is, as we talked, been talking about is my son, Matthew saw me start stepping into who I was. I mean, the day before he passed, he was here. We were throwing water bottles in the garage together, just joking and laughing. We had had conversations about, you know, a few weeks before that, mom, I don't understand. You know, I, I had to break off a friendship with somebody and he watched that be a very hard, heavy thing. And the irony of the friendship breaking up, um, I, I would never have known months later it would be tied a similarity to my son passing. Right. So he was like, how do you do that, mom? Like, how do you make the, how do you decide? I'm like, you said it, it's a choice. I can choose to be Oh, why is me? And, you know, just like with you, like all those things happen at one time, you can choose to be like, okay, everything just happens to me. Just bring it on. Or you can choose to say, let's, let's work through each one and let's figure this out and become resilient in that it's not going to, it's not going to tear me down and define who I am, you know? And so for me, he saw me become that Shiro. He saw me become stronger. He saw me become happier. He saw me become empowered to do the things like what we're doing right here, right now. And he saw that it it made me happy, which meant that I was like, had this radiance, this glow up outside. And then he saw me become that original authentic self, that person that I've always had in there. We, every one of us, she's in there, we just have to work on her and let her come out and then nurture her as, as she does come out and as she does go through adversity and you know, and that's, that's doing the work and, and the work never stops, right? Lindsay, and the work never, never, ever stops at all. No, it doesn't. And that's, that's such a powerful story because it's, you know, we talk about influential leadership. We talk about being the person that we want others to see, but when it comes to your family, your kids, your friends, you know, whoever it is that, that you influence that you're around. Um, and, and for me particularly it is my son, you know, and I, I am, what I do every day teaches him and what right. I do every day it paves the way for him. He knows nothing else, you know, at, at, at when, you know, they know the outside, they know their friends, they know this stuff, but in your home, they really know like you're setting the expectation of what, what life is and to like really be able to step into who you are and to show them that like it takes work. And he was able to see how much work it took. And then right. he was able to see you shine. Right. And, you know, I know that he's up there just like so proud of you every day. And, and that's, that's just such an amazing story that he, you know, you, you walk with that peace knowing that he got to see that. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's what I hope for everybody is that they get to experience that sooner rather than later. Um, so they can live in that light so much longer than they would be able to, if they just put it off to another day and it's easy to put it off, 
because it does take work. Right. And it's not always easy and it's making difficult choices. Um, I remember for me, uh, I, my biggest fear was what if my boss thinks I'm not, I'm not committed? What if my, my customers, my clients think that I don't care about them anymore? What if I lose friends? And I had to think about that. And I said, what if I lose friends? Are they really my friends? If they're not going to support me, for who I am or because of a way that I feel or a decision that I make or because I'm trying to better myself, you know, are they really the friends that I need? And, you know, asking myself that question is fear because it's like letting go of something that you hold so closely, but it's making that brave choice to honor yourself. And same with my customers and my, and my boss. It was just like, you know, I'm doing this for myself so I can be better for everybody else because you can't give from an empty cup. And if I'm feeling empty, it was only going to last so long before I snap and I don't want to snap at anybody. And so it, it w- I was making that choice of doing the difficult work and actually looking in the mirror and figuring out who I am and what I want. And I've had to make a ton of really difficult decisions. Just to set this up, I mean, I spent Thanksgiving last week, you know, the other week, my, my husband, it was a, a truly gift from God, but my husband, Kevin, um, and my son and I went over to my ex-husband's mother's house with all of his brothers and sisters and all their kids for Thanksgiving. And we spent Thanksgiving with them. Last year, my husband's father flew up from West Palm and we all went over to their house for Thanksgiving. And so to put it in context, you know, my, my ex-husband is no longer living, but I spend Thanksgiving with his family, with my now husband. You can imagine what a complex situation that looks like from the outside looking in. But in order to get to that place, I had to make a decision that I don't care what other people think. And I had to make a decision to be around the people that fill me up, around the people that support me, to be around the people that I want my son to know who his dad's family is and where he comes from. But also I respect them greatly and made the decision. And you, you, when we were going through such a hard time, it was really hard for people to actually really understand the the amount of trauma that we were dealing with because in in a lot of people's eyes, it was my ex-husband. You know, they didn't know that I was on the phone with him. They didn't know that I spent hours on the phone with him like day in and day out. They didn't know a lot of things um, and they didn't need to because it was none of their business. But when he passed away, they had no idea how, how much my heart broke And, um, and then to know that like, I, like I had to communicate that to my son and be there for my son at the same time. So there was a lot of, a lot of choices that I had to personally make to surround myself with the people that took the time to understand or was giving compassion, no matter, no matter what the situation was. And I think that that's, that's something that I want to share because I want people to know that when you're making these difficult decisions, when you're starting to know who you are and value yourself and and who you want to be and, and all the things, um, there's difficult decisions that are going to come up and you can't please everybody. You can't, you can't look one way and feel another way if they're two conflicting things. So there are difficult choices, but once you step into that choice, there's something that happens to your heart, your mind, your shoulders drop, your mind becomes free. And when you experience that, it's hard to look back. It's just getting there. Oh my gosh. It's so true. It's, it's everything you said. It's so true. People and it's like you said, my my friend Lisa Pulliam, if she's listening, a shout out to her. She calls it your balcony people. Like, who do you have on your yeah. balcony? 
And who are you going to surround yourself with? And to, and the people don't understand. I mean, like even with the loss of our son, we've lost friends only because they don't know how to say anything to us. And I'm like, why are you so worried about saying it? you're not going to hurt my feelings? Like for a while there, for like almost a year, they went around saying that my son had committed suicide. I'm like, he didn't commit suicide. He was in a car accident. He hit a tree. for He didn't hit the tree on purpose. He was talking to us. He was on his way home. Yes. Unfortunately, he was drinking and driving. That was a bad choice on his part. However, he didn't intentionally set out to do that. And, you know, and I, I know that in conversations we've had and he lost many friends to suicide. And he's like, I would never do that to anybody that's just you know, and, and, and so hard. And he always thought about those, his parents, the, the parents, the, his friends, but you, and for you to do that, like for your son and for you, like you did that for you and for you, what, what you want in your life, that peace you want to have. And then the example, like the example you're giving your son to say, no matter what the adversity, no matter what the stuff happened in the family, this is still your family. So let's, you know, we are, this is who you are. And, you know, I, as you sat there, I thought about my family, um, my my dad, I was a daddy's girl. And some of those that are listening, you've heard the story before, but it is, it's defined me. I was a daddy's girl. My dad and my mom divorced after 43 years of marriage. Fast forward, my dad lived with us for a little while. He became racist to my son, I found out. Um, I found out later after he moved out some of the horrible things he did. So I sat in, in the driveway for two hours asking God, what do I do? And he said, write an obituary to your dad of being your dad. He's still alive but he's no longer your dad, right? So that honor is gone. Fast forward, my mother, who I was in my 40s when my parents divorced, got mad and said I disrespected her because I let my dad move in with us. It's like, you should, just like what you did with your son, find a way to, you know, you should be happy that I'm trying to build a relationship with my dad and have a relationship with you. But she, I disrespected her and she's held that anger for so many years that so last year she, her health was declining and we did this whole meeting she's she was going to come here and live with us we've put a chairlift in my house for her i don't need a chairlift in my home you know we've done all these things for her and in the end this past october i went out to go and like finalize the move and get her house you know decluttered and get everything emptied and she found a way to um, she never verbalized that she didn't want to live with us. It's like, if you just told me, I would have made other plans and helped you, you know, create that environment that you wanted. But instead, she thought it would be okay to partner up with another relative to accuse me of elder abuse and that they were going to call police on me. And here I am in California going, you know, am I going, you're okay with this and you're my mom, right? So I'm going, this makes no sense. Like, uh, right. So I said, I'm out. I'm done. I'm out. I got in a, in a lift, went, got to the hotel where I was staying at, got in a flight the next day home. And I had to give her the same obituary I gave my, my, my dad. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is I, when I look back on that though, Lindsay, cause you know, you look at that and people go, people make judgments, right? Just like you said, people don't understand how people are like, how could you not talk to your mom and dad? And I look at them and I say, so let me put it to you this way. And you know, because you know, the coaching you do with the people you work with, but I'm like, let's put it this way. If I was in an abusive situation and a man was treating me the way that was happening, would you want me to stay in that relationship? You think that's okay? I'm like, it's no different. It doesn't matter whether it's a, you know, a spouse, a boyfriend. It doesn't matter if it's your parents, your sister, brother, your, even your kids. 
it's not acceptable. And so you have to choose, you know, what's acceptable for me. And so, and that's, you know, that decision. And like you said, people don't have to understand, but if it brings me peace and I can go to bed at night with my boundary set, that's what I do. And that's why I coach and do what I do, because there are so many people out there that think, well, I can't do that because they're going to think this about me or they're going to think that about me. But that at the end of the day, and it goes back to the question I asked earlier, tomorrow, my eulogy, if I'm not here, where are you going to recognize the fact that I put boundaries around relationships that didn't serve me? Did you recognize that? I, I, I mean, I met my husband at 19 years old. I had the best, best example of what it meant to be parents for my in-laws. I mean, if I could have picked my parents, they would have been my parents, right? So I can go to bed at night going, I learned how to put myself first. I learned how to find harmony in my life by knowing what boundaries I have to set around relationships, around work, around anything in my life that would come up. And I learned through adversity how to be resilient to make sure that my values line up continuously, even when life throws me whatever it wants to throw me, right? And I think you are a a beautiful example of that as well. And, And I mean, you're right. People are probably listening going, she went and had Thanksgiving with her ex and, you know, they were like trying to do that three, six degrees of separation. It's like, I think it's an amazing thing. And, you know, and, and my husband's family, there was many of that as well. He had an aunt who was divorced and she had kids. She'd been remarried for like 20 years and, and their dad was still showing up at all the functions. And I think that's health. I think that's healthy relationships. I think that's saying, Hey, you know, that didn't work out. It doesn't mean, you know, we can't be friends, you know? And that's what I explained to my son. Like with my friend, I, you know, ethically somebody passed away and in a, that she was around and the, I was, I couldn't understand how she was okay with some of the things that happened that while this person had, had his uh, traumatic loss. And the comments to me was like, well, people die all the time was said to me. And I was like going, this doesn't line up for me anymore. This is not healthy. And I literally like, and that person was living with us. Like we had let them stay with us. And I literally said, I think you need to leave. And then who would have known a year later, my son passes away. And what she said, like came to my head. And I was like, I'm so glad that I ended that friendship. Right. Because we have, and, and, and I think you said it too earlier, things happen in seasons. Right. And if we can understand that that happens, that, you know, I, I like to equate it to like the mountain, right? You, you're climbing a mountain and you're going to go, you got uh, life as a mountain, you're going to have time. You're going to want to sit out, enjoy the view. And when you sit down, I always say, bring a picnic and in your lunchbox, have all the things that you no longer like to eat and throw those over the side. So those things that don't serve you anymore, feed them to the squirrels, let the squirrels eat them. Maybe it will serve them, right? But pack your lunch for the next stop with all the things that have served you and save some of that fruit, save some of that sandwich. So that when you get to the top, you can be like, I can enjoy this. And then when it's time to come back down the mountain to go back to other parts of life, you don't have to roll down like Jack and Jill did. You could just take the stroll again, release part of the sandwich that no longer serves you, and then take the rest of the fruit with you because it doesn't have to be a roller coaster. It can be lessons that we take throughout our life. I love that. That is awesome. 
Thank you. <laughs> so tell me, Lindsay, so when people come and, um, and meet with you and they work with you, what are some of the things they can expect um, when they're working with you? I really have just been focused on on help, just listening. I always listen, meet people where they're at, figuring out like what what their objectives are. Um, but usually and typically, we always start with with okay, do you know what your core values are? And I built the core values workshop. I think I gave you the link. Um, it's free. I want everybody to have access to it. Um, I don't I don't charge for that, but I want everybody to find a way to figure out what it is that that what that looks like for them and how to actually adopt them into their life. Um, and so that's, that's usually what we start to work on. And, and of course, you know, with coaching is, you know, you might start with one thing, but things pivot, things change. So, you know, I always just meet people where they're at and try to, um, at least keep their eye on the goal unless they make the decision that goal is no longer what they're looking for. Um, but I, I love doing it. I love, you know, and I have, I have, uh, I am a senior client advisor for a company right now that where I work with cor- corporations, um, to really improve the culture. I'm so passionate about helping the culture of organizations, um, come together because the people that we're talking about right now make up those organizations a lot of the times. And it, and how can you go to work and be the best version of yourself at work? and be the best version of yourself at home. That's just what I'm so incredibly passionate about. Um, what I've been passionate about, you know, since my, I lost my father, just making sure that people can, can show up for themselves. So a lot of the work that I do is, um, you know, you can always reach out to me. Uh, it's it, a lot of the work I do is, is associated with those corporations, but I also help people one-on-one to figure out who they need to be, especially when it comes to parenting as well. Um, and relationships, co-parenting, I've done a lot of that work. I love that. Show up for yourself. I love that. You know, we have to show up for ourselves. Definitely. So tell everybody how they can reach you. I know we're going to put everything in the show notes where they um, connect with you for the download as well as you shared. But um, for those that are listening and may want to write it down, work, tell us where they can reach you at. The easiest place to find me is the lindsayellis.com. That way you can uh, get to me, you can get to my free downloads, you can get to my social media, you can get to, you can, you know, so the, the lindsayellis.com is the. So we will put that in place. there. Awesome. So we'll make sure we have all that in there for everybody. So I'm going to ask you, um, uh, so when I work with clients, I ask them to give me their top 10 things that bring them joy. But I'm just asking for, tell us the top three things that bring you joy. And so people go, you know, my kids, that's great. My kids bring me joy too. But what about your kids bring you joy, right? Just not just that I birthed them or adopted them or whatever the story is, but what about your kids bring you joy? So give me three things that bring you joy. Okay. Funny that you asked that. That was just my son and I were talking about that the other day. So I, what brings me joy is I absolutely love having conversations with my son. And one of my favorite times is when we wake up and we're getting ready and I'm like, do you want to take you to school today? He's like, yes. So we always, you know, at least once a week I pick, you know, we go, we leave early, we go have breakfast together, we talk, and then we listen to the phone prank that's on the radio station and we laugh. And then I usually around that time, we're like, we're right about to pull into a school. So it's always on the car ride part. And, uh, and then I drop them off and it just something about that. I just, I even told him the other day driving, I was like, you know, it's like one of my favorite memories. It brings me so much joy to just spend that time with you in the morning before we start our days. So that's one, um, 
Another one is my dog, Charlie. I have two dogs. Um, Rosie likes to be by herself a lot. She's not, she's not like a social dog, but Charlie, my uh, mini golden doodle, we love doing everything together. So he goes in the car with me. I take him for walks. And then um, one of my biggest joys is taking both of them to a hike. They just, I just love hiking with them. And, uh, and then another joy I would say is traveling with my family. My, we love, I told you earlier, we are trying to go to every NFL stadium and watch a game and just immerse ourselves into the, into the team culture, the, you know, everything. And so it was really uh, wonderful this last time. My son and I are both Bills fans and um, my husband is a Dolphins fan. And so it was a really great uh, weekend for us because we got to have uh, him put on a Bills hat. And so that was really fun. <laughs> I love that. We were talking a lot, you guys, beforehand about that that whole story <laughs> and about following. Do you have a do you have a map of all the stadiums? Like you guys, did you create a map and so actually my husband was looking at buying one from our son for Christmas. So yeah. they're like, they have those little magnet ones. They have the ones that you can decorate. So we were trying to find the best one. Cause it was like, we got to start keeping up with these now, even to like, yeah, four it'd be them. so much fun. Yeah. That's such a cool. I love the memory you said about your son. And so those that are listening, if you never heard me tell the story before, um, when I lived in Virginia, this gentleman that I work with, I would see him every week having breakfast at a little, uh, local, uh, breakfast place coffee shop and so I asked him I go what what is that and he said he takes every one of his kids since they were babies even if they couldn't talk he would take one each week so he did two days a week and he had breakfast with them and he said he he like this is a safe space he taught them right away as soon as they could talk and understand this table is your safe space you can tell me anything you need to tell me good bad or indifferent at, and even if it's drugs alcohol sex you can tell me I'm not going to hold judgment. I'm just going to guide you with whatever guidance you need. Um, if it's illegal, we'll talk about it. You know, I was like, that's funny. And he said, and he goes, it's just a, a space to talk. So as my kids got older, I started incorporating that where Matthew, if he said, hey, mom, you want to have sushi? I knew he wanted to have conversation where Nate, we our thing was always movies going and hanging out and doing movies and such. So I love that you're doing that. Keep that up. And if you're listening to us, if you're not doing that, start that because it's so powerful. It really is a great conversation and you can create that space for your kids. That's also one of the things that I've created. And I'll share this with you, Lindsay, and those that are listening. Um, you know, our kids go, you remember when, you, when we were younger, we'd go to parties and stuff and we'd go out. And if we wanted to leave a space, but we were afraid to leave. So we created a thing where our, our boys would call and be like, hey, mom, how is Matt feeling? Right. Well, Matt's fine, but that was their way to say, I need you to come get me, right? So we would just go and pick up, no questions yeah. asked. So yeah, yeah, so we just create that space. I think it's so powerful. So thank you so much for sharing that. And we're going to put everything on the context for Lindsay in the show notes. So I told Lindsay already, you guys, if you're listening, you know, we do these cards called Better Questions, Better Life. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to shuffle the cards. Lindsay, you'll tell me when to stop and we're going to read your card. So here we go. Stop. All right. So yours says, what principles do I live by? What principles do you live by? Mm. Like principles, meaning like what is like my rules kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, the rules that I have, and it's actually the chapter in my book, in the Warrior Women book, it's called Never Let Your Head Get Bigger Than Your Heart. 
So that's rule rule number one. Um, and and I believe that once your head get once your head gets bigger than your love for whatever it is that you're doing, it's time to take a step back. And that's an easy way to monitor to make sure that you're being humble, that you're being vulnerable, that all the things. Um, so that's one. Never let your head get bigger than your heart. The other one is um love and forgive. And um and uh, I always you know, you never, people don't remember what you say all the time, but they remember how you made them feel that Maya Angelou quote. And so I kind of live by that to make sure that I leave things better than how I found them. Those are two powerful ones. I love that. If your head gets bigger than your heart, take a step back. Cause yeah, that's so, so powerful. Well, I want to thank you so much for being with us today, Lindsay. And we're going to um, put everything out to reach Lindsay, like I said, out for, on the show notes so you can get in contact with her. And I just want to remind you, I know we talked about it earlier today, but we do have the Shira League. So if you're listening and you want to join us, it's free to come join us for a couple of times. Come visit us, see what we're about, meet the other women. We have some amazing women that are working on self-care, self-development, just supporting one another in life and everything that life brings, the good, bad, the different. And so if you want to know more about that, you can just email hello at wsliving.com. That's hello, like we're waving hello at wsliving.com. Just email the word Shiro and I will get you all the links. And I just want to remind everybody, as we say all the time, we come into this world, we are a little rough oyster on the outside. We've got some work to do, but as you do the work and you start opening it up, you will find your oyster within. So I hope you guys all go out today and I hope you find your inner pearl of greatness. Make it an amazing day. Hi, my name is Pearl Sharenza and I'm with Women Successful Living. And I want to tell you a little story. You see, once upon a time in the middle of COVID, I noticed that more and more women were overwhelmed. We were having to balance households. We're having to become teachers. We're having to work our job while we're trying to become a teacher. We were sitting in our home with our children and our spouses or our loved ones and feeling overwhelmed. We were lost for where we're going to find space in our own house. So I was feeling that this overwhelm was stressing women out more, that they felt like they could not have a Calgon take me away moment. They felt like everywhere they turn, somebody in the house would find them or their job wanted them on another Zoom meeting. And I just felt so sorry for these women as I spoke with them and felt the pain because I too was feeling sorry. I was feeling sorry that I couldn't go out and do the things I love to do. I could go out, yes, and take a walk and sit on my front swing, but I couldn't go to the community meetings and the fundraiser functions or go have lunch with a friend or go to the movies with my husband or just take a, a moment away from everything that we're responsible for as moms and wives in our homes, right? You become that CEO mom and you're running a household. But then if you're working outside of the household, not only are you a CEO mom, and if you're asking what a CEO mom is, that's a mom who is running the household. Because let me tell you, you're not sitting around eating bonbons every day. You truly are running a business of a home. But then maybe you also work outside of the home. And here you are, you're trying to balance working in the home, working outside the home. And then maybe you have children and you're having to learn how to become a teacher because bless our teachers, they are trying to learn a whole new way of teaching through Zoom. And so as I spoke to the women in my community and my clients, I found they were also feeling all this overwhelm. They were becoming stressed. 
They were sitting in, in the home with all their children and their spouse, and they're going, I'm with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I love you, but I don't love you that much. Were you feeling that way too? So I found as they were feeling this way that I had to do something. And every day, about a month after into the pandemic, I decided to try something new. I decided to create a space where we could meet via Zoom. And yes, I know another Zoom meeting, really Pearl, but I just knew that was the only way that we could get together. And the rule was you had to go in a room where you could put a note in the door and say, I'm on a break. I'm on a timeout. Whatever you want to call it, you can make that note on your door. Because really we have to take time for ourselves in order to really take time and care for our family, our loved ones and our job the way we know we want to and we need to. So what I did is I created what we called our self-care Sunday evening. And it actually became Shiro's is what we ended up naming it. Because we as women, we are the hero of the house. We're the hero of everything we do for our family, our friends, our job, whatever that is that you're responsible for, right? But are you really the hero for yourself? So that became important to me. So one day I decided I want to pour into these women. So I brought them together on a Zoom meeting. We met Sunday evening, 8 p.m. We finished up by 9 p.m. We just had conversations. What was challenging them? What was the pandemic bringing up for them? How were they doing mentally? Were, were they doing something to take care of themselves? And if you heard me before, I say bathtubs and taking baths are not self-care, but really during the pandemic, sometimes that's all you could do was get in a tub with bubbles and take a few minutes for yourself, right? So as we poured into them, I, I noticed that they were starting to enjoy the self-care. They were starting to be less stressed. They were starting to communicate better with their family and their, and their loved ones because they could communicate why they were taking time for themselves. They were able to communicate that it's not that I don't love being with you. It's that because I love you so much, I need time for myself. So on Sunday evenings, we worked on things about self-care challenges. We created a challenge of self-care where every day they had to do something. It could be something that took them one minute, or if they wanted to, it could be something that took them an hour. But it was their job to do something for themselves every single day. And then because of that, they they saw that their family, they were worried that their family might feel make them feel guilty. So we started incorporating ways that they could do self-care for ourselves as we also did something with our family, right? So in some cases, we found that we were sitting, we had moms sitting and just watching TV, silly cartoons with their children, that's self-care, right? Or maybe playing a puzzle game or putting a puzzle together. And then when it came to their spouses, we found that they were sitting and finding movies on Netflix or writing, playing cards, or even we gave them a challenge. We have a friend that has these great cards they are called Better Questions, Better Life. We even would pull a card and have a discussion with our loved one around that card. And then as they were working from home, some of the, our, our professional women were finding that their jobs were having much more demand on them, but because they were home, they could actually kind of have more time they could grab for them. Oh, well, you're home all day long, so you really don't need to take a break. So they started finding that some of their jobs and their bosses were expecting them to give more. So we talked about how to set boundaries around our schedules. We talked about how to set boundaries around how much we want to be on Zoom. And as we did that, we found that the women were less stressed and they were actually performing their job performance better. They were having better and more improved relationships with their loved one, with their children. And some of them also had family that were in nursing homes. So we were creative on how to 
spend that time with their loved ones, but also making sure that they were taking care of themselves. So as we did this, I saw that it was a need that needed to continue. So even though the pandemic, is, as we know it today, is over, I found that the women loved this so much, we needed to continue this. And who knew that three years ago when I started this, that it would grow into what we have today, this amazing community of women that we still meet every Sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m. We talk about things that bring us joy. We talk about challenges we're having in our lives. We're talking about things we're having to overcome. We have some women that are struggling in their marriages. We're talking about how we pour into them and how to help them work through communication. We have amazing, amazing guest speakers that come in every month. We've had Jane Pilker come in and talk up to us about our mind and the neurological part of our mind when it comes to our eating and our health and sugar and how it affects our body. We've had Sets and Tora come in and talk to us about the smile method and how we have things such as just the smile within us that can make things like mock acceptance where we're accepting things because we think we have to accept them. Like for instance, my loss of my son, Matthew, I never knew that when I created this group three years ago, almost now, how much I needed these women. And because I have this community of women around me, I met Seth and Seth taught me about mock acceptance. And he taught me that, yes, I was accepting the loss of my son, but I wasn't truly believing that he was lost. And I was sort of like going through the motions. So ever since I have put this group together, this community of women, we have watched the women flourish. We have watched them have less stress. We've watched them communicate better with their loved ones. We've watched them put boundaries around their self-care so that they can achieve the things they want to, so that they can put their cape on first as they pour into their family even better. And ever since we've started this self-care Shiro group, it has grown where we now at our retreats, we have women joining us during our retreats. We meet every year. We have a retreat in September. It's a pajama retreat. You come in your PJs, no makeup. You have about four days at the beach, sometimes the mountains, depending on the year. We just have sessions and breakout groups on how do we improve on our self-care? How do we continue to communicate our needs to our loved ones? How do we find what our goals are and our visions are? And how do we bring those to fruition? Because how many of you ever sat back and said, I have this big goal and I really want to do it, but nobody believes I can do it. I want you to know that we believe in you. We know that you can do it. And so if this is something that you want to learn more about and come and enjoy a great way to end your week and begin your week, I would love for you to join us because on top of our speakers, we also have an amazing meditation coach where she empowers us to sit down and just take some quiet time for ourselves and just be in our own space as we reflect on what we truly want within. And I am so honored to watch the progress and the growth that the women in this community have accomplished. And I cannot wait to see what's coming up for all of them and hopefully for you. And if this is something you would love to learn more about, I would love to invite you to come and visit us one Sunday evening. Like I said, it's a great way to end your week and a great way to start your week. What better to know that you've got a balcony of people sitting and waiting for you to join them, have a cup of tea maybe, and just do some laughing, maybe a little crying, but no matter what, know that you've got a girlfriend there to have your back. 
So if you're ready to check out the Shira League, I would love for you to join us. All you have to do is email me at pearl at wsliving.com. That's pearl at wsliving.com. And I would love to connect you. I hope today you know that we've all come into this world. We're a little oyster. We might be a little rough on the outside, but on the inside, you have a pearl. And I hope you find your pearl to greatness today as you become the Shiro I know you are. My name is Pearl Sorenza. Do you know what your score is for your self-care? Find out today. Go to pearlssurvey.com. That's pearlssurvey.com and see what your score is today. 